the Reality of Truth podcast. Let's go. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Hello, friends. Welcome to Monday Minutes. This one's not going to be a minutes. It's going to be a little longer, and I'm going to go quickly, so bear with me. Today, we're talking about your memory and learning. What does that have to do with my overall health, Eric? Well, this is part of your health, isn't it? All parts of your body, all tissues. So let's get going. Starts with your hippocampus. What did you just say? I said hippocampus. Is that where hippos camp? Nope, that's just a part of your brain. Hippos means horse, and campos actually means sea monster. Okay, so I know what you're thinking. I have a horse or a sea monster in my brain. Well, it looks like that, but what actually looks like a seahorse. The two most influential theories for hippocampal function are related to space and memory. So your memories and then spatial navigation. We're not getting into spatial navigation in this episode. We're just going to do memory and how to learn. One of the benefits that the hippocampus gives you is brain cell regeneration. It's called neurogenesis. Yes, your brain does create new memory cells. It's like adding more hard drive space to your computer. In turn, that should make you smarter because you learn to retain more. But unfortunately, it looks like most of the human race is going the opposite way. <laughs> and that's the point of this episode. You can either increase your memory and retention, or you can do things that inhibit new memory cells in the ability to learn and retain information. In other words, you're stuck or are reversing your intelligence, your understanding of any other topic or recollection of memories, creating new memories that will last, learning new skills, having clear thoughts, and even down to remembering what you ate for dinner last night. Most people can't remember something simple as what you had for dinner last night. How does this work for those in school? Because this is kind of like one of those topics that they could benefit from. What if you could learn at least double what you can learn currently, or maybe even more than that? If you're doing things that inhibit regrowth of your memory cells and you're not really learning all that much, when you could be learning many more times the amount of information you currently can retain, then this is going to benefit you. Did you know that you can actually pre-learn? Your brain is learning things all day without you even knowing it. And then at night, when you go to sleep, it organizes all of that and creates your memories. So if you put good things in throughout your day, you're remembering and writing on your memory cells good things. If you're listening or doing bad things, your brain is remembering and writing down bad things. Example, if you're listening to an uplifting audiobook, is different than listening to an evil audiobook. If you listen to one of those audiobooks every day over all the time you are creating in your brain either uplifting positive or evil and negative memories. It's a fact. You cannot get away from it. This is what your brain does. The more you put in your brain as a positive, the more positive you will be. The more negative, the more negative you will be. By the way, it's not always just what you think. It actually creates positive and negative hormones and chemicals for your health. If you have a hobby and you're trying to learn it, 
even like a physical hobby, you know, a sport. If you read a book, trying to remember the story. If you're an informational nerd like I am, you need to prep yourself for a speech or anything that requires you to learn as much as possible about a topic. Now here's the fun part. What if you could do it much, much faster? If you could create new cells, memory cells, and utilize that power by understanding how to create memories, you can speed learn. Seriously. I'll get into that in a little bit. What inhibits neural growth of memory cells? Well, that would be your food first. See, this is related to health. So your lack of sleep, poor nutrition, putting your phone to your ear, and believe it or not, listening to music that is not uplifting and of positivity or positive good frequencies. Like rap music, almost all rock and roll, heavy metal, any music that is not harmonious. Harmonious means tuneful, not discordant, forming a pleasing or consistent whole, free from disagreement or dissent. Dissent is an interesting word, isn't it? That means it's taking you down. It's not bringing you up. Even though music can sound cohesive, it's not harmonious to the brain. Therefore, it can create havoc in your brain, your chemistry, your vibrational frequencies in that organ. I'll give you some examples of harmonious music. Classical, harp, piano, single orchestral instruments of all different types. If you like the tuba, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know anybody who wants to just listen to tuba music unless you're a tuba player. Generally, anything without a beat works with your brain. Even single frequencies like 528 hertz and 432 hertz. These are all the universal frequencies. The hertz frequency is how many vibrations per second. By the way, there are 432 Buddha statues at Mount Miru. And Nike claims that their scientists found out that the best golf balls have 432 dimples. Pretty fascinating. So music was tuned to all kinds of vibrational frequencies for many, many years in the olden times. Then Joseph Gables, yep, that guy, decided to change it. Many other international music organizations tried to set a standard, and they settled on 440 hertz. There's a lot of controversy on whether it was done to change people's brain activity, aka Joseph Gables, or if it was just to get everybody on the same tune so to speak. But once the tuning fork was invented, it helped everybody kind of settle in on the same vibrational frequency. Even though to this day, orchestras will use anywhere from 420 to 480 hertz, the biggest problem during this whole time was the opera singers specifically. They couldn't keep up with the orchestras. You see, if you run these vibrational frequencies higher in the spectrum then the singers have a hard time keeping up. They can't sing that high all the time. So they complained, and then that made it all weird, and so they came up with 440 as a general standard. Now, there are many single frequencies that you can use audibly to affect your body in specific ways. Start with your brain first, and then we'll cascade down into your body. We all know this. We've felt this for several years. You listen to something, gets you all worked up, 
Well, it starts with working up your brain and your brain secretes chemicals and it works you up. And then you're like, I can't sit here. I'm listening to this heavy metal music. I got to do something. Kind of like when you use Eye of the Tiger to go work out. That song will get you pumped up, won't it? Well, what if you want to lower stress or you want relief in pain? How about immunity? or clear thinking, or you want to learn something, or you want to feel more spiritual. How about if you want more energy, and just about any other effect? Well, you can use something called Selfeggio frequencies, spelled S-E-L-F-E-G-G-I-O. There's also frequencies called binaural beats, which are very low on the spectrum of hertz. Not going to get into those right now. You can look those up if you want, or we can talk about those later. If so, let me know. Today, we're just talking about Selfeggio frequencies. You can get these frequencies on all kinds of players. Like you can get an app on your phone or your iPad or your computer, or even like an Apple TV. You can play it through your stereo system of just these frequencies. Or you can go on Spotify, Apple Music, you know, all those kind of streamers. And there's lots and lots of people that put together playlists and single frequencies and you can listen to those for a few minutes up to literally all day non-stop so let me give you just a fast list of the main frequencies 174 hertz is for relieving pain and stress 285 is used for healing tissue and organs 396 For liberating guilt and fear, 528. Love, imagination, well-being, 741. is used for things like awakening, intuition. So to wake up the brain, to fire in such a way that you become more intuitive. What should I do? What's the best decision in this circumstance? How should I say this? Things like that. And then 963 is used for spirituality. So great for meditation. Or prayer, by the way. Who says you can't listen to a selfeggio frequency while you're praying? It's awesome. God made those. Now, I know that some of this will sound woo-woo to you. I get it. So I encourage you to look it up. You'll see this principle. It's well known. There's another one. It's known as cymatics, C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-S. So here's what they do. They take a plate, any shape, size, doesn't matter, and they run frequencies underneath that plate. Plate could be glass or metal, doesn't matter. I think metal works better, actually. Then they put sand or salt on top of it. And when they run these frequencies, it creates geometric patterns. If it's a positive, good sound, it'll make it really beautiful like geometric, similar to like a snowflake or even more geometric than that, actually. If it's a negative or distorting or evil, non-harmonious, then it's just a complete mess. You can do this at home. There's easy ways to do it. Take a speaker, lay it on its back, put a plate on top of it, throw some salt on there and play music and you'll see what happens. So what does that do to your brain then? How is your brain listening to those music genres I was telling you about. It's complete distortion, and it's in descent. 
Dr. Masaru Emoto, E-M-O-T-O. He's actually famous for vibrations in water. I spoke about him in an earlier episode called Water. This is all proven science. If you like to learn crazy cool new things, cymatics and water vibrations are simple and yet extremely interesting and far-ranging. It's not just a single frequency that makes it interesting. There are thousands of frequencies, and then the combination of those can create whatever outcome you want. I encourage you to explore the different vibrations and frequencies. Number one way to inhibit your memory cell production is from your food. Companies add flavor enhancers and flavor stimulants to your food. You don't even know it's in there. If you read the label many times, you will see ingredients that you think look totally innocuous, but they're not. I guarantee you, they're absolutely sinister. And it's not your fault. No one teaches you these things until you learn about them or care about them or you get sick. Food companies want to make as much money as possible. They're not in the business for your health. I said before, there's 10 companies that own all the food produced, minus the small independent companies, which there aren't very many. And of course, people like farmers and co-op farms and small boutique companies, they buy ingredients and then make stuff naturally. Even the produce you buy to make stuff is owned by the 10 largest companies, unless you're getting it from a local small farm. And of course, now we know that I'll use his initials. BG has decided to put a coating on these vegetables and fruits called a peel. A-P-E-E-L. Yeah, you can't wash it off and it's terrible for you. So that's one more way they get you. If you listen to my past episode called Illegal Food, you'll learn more about one of those companies. Cough, cough, Nestle. Cough, cough. So they add what are called excitotoxins. They're actually excitatory neurotoxins. That's what they should be called. These typically contain glutamate, but also others. So here's some of the main ones you got to look for. Soy sauce. Now you can make your own homemade soy sauce. Very difficult, but you could do it. MSG, yeast extract, sugar of all different forms. Go back to the episode of sugar. I teach you what all those sugar forms are. Aspartame, any of the unnatural sweeteners. So now I'm going to give you a list quickly of the things that are in your food that you don't know are toxic. These are neurotoxic. They destroy your hippocampus, your ability to learn, and your memory. If you want this list, I'll put it in the show notes. Of course, it's also in the transcript, but ready? Here we go. I'm going to go quick. MSG, hydrolyzed vegetable protein, hydrolyzed protein, hydrolyzed plant protein, plant protein extract, sodium caseinate, calcium caseinate, yeast extract, textured protein, autolyzed yeast, hydrolyzed oat flour, malt extract, malt flavoring, bouillon, broth, stock, flavoring, natural flavoring, natural beef or chicken flavoring, seasoning, spices, carrageenan, enzymes, soy protein concentrate, soy protein isolate, and whey protein concentrate. That's just some of them. You can find these in all kinds of foods, from your potato chips and your salad dressing to chicken noodle soup and protein powder. It just goes on and on and on. 
So what does this list tell you? Well, first of all, it tells you that most of what's in your food you buy is poisonous. This is why the general idea of cooking at home is so much healthier. Because you're in control of your ingredients. Now you know if you use things like ranch dressing that you bought at the store, well, you didn't make it, therefore it contains many of these ingredients in that list. But if you used basic ingredients, like your meat and a vegetable, and even if you eat things like pasta and potatoes, foods like that, they're pretty simple. You can see what's on that label in the pasta pretty easily. Then you get a natural version. You don't have to look at the ingredient list in a potato, always just buy organic, and then you're good. Then you use olive oil. If you're going to use olive oil, it needs to be expensive. Let me just put that out to you. If you're buying inexpensive olive oil of any kind, it's not real olive oil. It's garbage. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Same with avocado oil. The only brand avocado you should buy is Chosen Foods brand. Nothing else you should trust. You can use butter, any of the animal fats to cook with. And then, of course, you've got spices of your own, which you can see on the label to see if it's got added garbage. It should say oregano, and that's it. If you can find organic, that's even better because now you know they're not spring. Then you can make your own chicken broth and stock. It's super easy. It's insane. And it tastes way better than anything you're going to buy in the store. It's also active, by the way, which means there's compounds in there that have not been destroyed. Because when you buy most of that stuff in the store, it's been pasteurized. Remember, it comes from an animal. They're going to pasteurize it. You can easily make your own broth exactly like you like it. Maybe you like it more herb forward, or maybe you like it with a little roasted chicken instead of fresh chicken. It's way cheaper too. And don't forget, you can make a lot of it and freeze it. Number one culprit is snack foods. So you got to look at the labels. You'll find even your regular foods that you would not think that they would add it. Well, they did. Did you know? that you're not technically learning while you're reading something or listening or even studying. The learning portion in memory occurs while you're sleeping. When you're asleep, your brain actually organizes your whole day, specifically information that's new and not a habit, like brushing your teeth or anything you normally do. That's why it's really hard to remember your habits, but you could remember some new event that happened pretty easily. This is why good sleep is really important, so that your brain can do its job by writing it down in a clear and concise format so you can remember it later. Now let's get into how to increase your memory and your retention and your knowledge. By the way, just so you know, these few things I'm going to tell you can rapidly increase your ability to learn and remember. Who doesn't want that? But you got to apply them. You got to try them. You got to do them. First, Lion's mane mushroom. Yep, you've heard a lot about medicinal mushrooms recently. Well, lion's mane, absolutely amazing for your memory and your cognition. But it also has one extra thing that they're starting to find in the research, which is it rebuilds your nerves. Do you know how many things rebuild your nerves? Very, very, very few. That would have massive implications on anybody who had anything from a major wound to a burn any kind of paralyzation, how about facial paralysis, so many areas in your body that you could use nerve regeneration. If you can rebuild your nerves, 
your brain is part of your central nervous system, so you can repair your brain as well. This has huge potential. When you start taking this lion's mane, and you start noticing memory cognition ability to recall past events, it's easier to remember things. Your ability to retain information is better, or any other brain response. That is your indication that you had poor brain health. If you don't see any benefits, then either you were taking a product that is no good, it's just garbage, or you're already highly functional. People always ask me, well, what should I buy? I'm going to tell you. Paul Stamets, S-T-A-M-E-T-S, is the world's expert on medicinal mushrooms. He has a brand called Host Defense. That's what I recommend. You can do capsules, powder, liquid. Powder's way cheaper. It's what I use because I can control my dosage. Doesn't taste totally awesome, but it's not that bad, actually. If you add it to beverages that you already consume, you probably wouldn't even know it's there. Many people claim they feel like a whole new person intellectually using lion's mane. How much should you take? Well, that's going to depend on your budget first. Secondly, uh, there's no real dosage for something that's technically a food. I'm always of the opinion that more is better in natural health for 90% of just about everything you can consume or do. Depends if you're using capsules, liquid, or powder. If you do powder, you could do more at one dose. If you do capsules, we are talking several capsules to get the equivalent. Liquid has been concentrated, but it tastes terrible. And it seems like it's more cost-effective, but it might not actually be. I'm doing currently a small heaping teaspoon two to three times a day of powder, but I would not be against doing the liquid. You'll have to figure that out for you. I can't tell you how much you should take. That's called prescribing, which I'm not allowed to do. The next thing you can do is heavy exposure to new stimulus. All right, what does that mean? It's anything that's intense for the brain like crossword puzzles, concentrating on one thing for long periods of time, like one thought, or a memory you might have. And just sit there in meditation for 15 minutes thinking about every detail of that memory. Listening to a frequency like I spoke about for like a half an hour. No other distractions. You can also do two things at once, like walking and reading. I have spoke about that for people in school to remember what they're reading. You can listen to an audiobook or a podcast while you're exercising and concentrating on what they're saying. Music should be classical or highly complicated and energetic classical music. The point is, you want to do something for your brain that is utilizing your entire brain because it's intense. And then also, you can do that plus exercise as a different route. And you can do both of these as much as you want. You're not going to wear out your brain. <laughs> you can't really do that. Highly functional people use their brain a lot. It's like a muscle. The more you use it, the better it gets. Next thing you can do is whatever you want to learn about, you have that in the background. For example, do you want to learn about sewing? Listen to podcasts, audiobooks, or videos in the background while you're doing anything. doesn't matter what you're doing. Even if you don't listen, your brain is hearing all of it. The more info you get on that subject, later when you go sit down and actually study it, you'll grasp it easier and remember more of it. It's like pre-learning unconsciously. Extremely powerful. One really powerful way as an example would be, do you want to learn a language? 
You should play audio of that language for weeks, even a couple months in the background while you're working around the house or put your headphones on while you're working out or while you're at work or doing your walk. It doesn't matter. Get as much of that language into your brain as possible. You haven't even learned how to speak it yet or what the words mean. doesn't matter. Your brain is picking up the inflection, the pronunciation, the pace, duration of time in between words, and every other aspect of how that language is supposed to sound and be spoken. Then when you learn the language, you've pre-learned it in many other ways. You can learn it so much faster than you ever could just starting from scratch. Just like if you use it for music and you want to play the guitar. You listen to straight guitar music for a long time. Then when you go to learn it, you already know what it's supposed to sound like. That's just a quick hack. For any topic, subject you want to learn, pre-learn it. Your brain is learning it all the time. That's why children, when they're babies, the more you talk to your child, the faster they will pick up speech and then know how to speak it. If your child grew up in a house, no one ever talks, there's no music, there's nothing, your child would be literally stupid. Literally. Next thing you can do is you can take a book. Now, this one's going to blow your mind, all right? So just bear with me. You got to try it. You take a book, open it up, and you scan each page in one second. Just go quick. You don't have to read it. You use your eyes to kind of scan it really, really fast in one second. Then you do the other page. Flip pages, you do that. So a 500-page book, you've done it in 500 seconds until you're done. You could do this once or many times, doesn't matter. Then after you've done that as many times as you want, now comes the weird part. <laughs> you understand how the brain works and the way your vision works, okay? Now you're going to do that scanning method with the book upside down. What? Yes, upside down. Just like a camera, stuff comes into your eyes, it's flipped upside down in the back of your eye, and then your brain has to turn it back the other way. So don't worry, your brain knows what it's doing. Do the same thing. Scan each page upside down. Then, when you go to read the book, you'll retain so much more information than you ever did reading the book straight from start to finish. You've already pre-learned it. Your brain saw all the words. It took a photo of all of it. And then when you slept, it imprinted it in your brain. It's not difficult. Super easy to understand. And it's really easy to do. And your brain, while you sleep, takes all that information and memorizes it. Then, when you do read that book, you should actually try and read the book a little bit faster than you normally would. Because remember, you've pre-learned it. But this is only if you want to learn something in a shorter amount of time. For example, reading a 500-page book takes a while. So if you want to do it faster, increase your reading speed. Otherwise, slow down. Enjoy the words. Doesn't matter. You've already pre-learned it. Now you will remember more. The other way to do it is to learn speed reading from those reading courses. There's lots of ways you can learn. I say go for it. But the principle of scanning each page in one second as many times as you want and then doing a speed reading course is only going to help you. It's never going to slow you down. It's going to rapidly speed you up. But the biggest part is the learning. This whole episode was technically about learning. I talked about physiology, anatomy, 
chemicals, all this kind of stuff, but really comes down to creating new brain cells and then memory and the ability to learn. So if you want to try that method first of scanning right side up, scanning upside down, then read the book, maybe you don't actually need to take those speed reading courses. But of course, that's if you want to learn what's in a book. You can use this for anything. So to recap really fast, lion's mane, brain stimulus, remove brain poisons. That alone will make your brain work so much better. But if you want to learn or remember a book or something intensive, then you need to do the scan and read technique. Give it a try. What could it hurt? I challenge you. I challenge you. Go pick up that book that you've always wanted to read and do this technique. Try it. I know that was a bit long. I'm sorry. But it's so cool and so informative and it's so remarkable. And you can change your life and learn just about anything you want to learn so fast. It took 37 minutes for me to say that. All right. Thank you for listening. Send this to everybody you know. Take care of yourselves. Thank you for listening. You know the drill. Everything's in the show notes.